Hey y'all, it's Brittany and Caroline, and you're listening to Couldn't Be Me, where we promise you don't have to agree with everyone. So how are you this fine evening? Pretty good, actually, pretty good. I'm doing, I guess I'm spring cleaning. That's literally mm, True. Today. Yeah, spring cleaning, spring plant shopping to replace some of the little babies that I killed a few months ago but mm-hmm. yeah yeah I didn't plan much for today since I got my second vaccine yesterday I was like I don't want to do like I don't want to like schedule anything or do anything and then be like dead but I feel perfectly fine so that's great <laughs> good mm-hmm. that's good I'm like seeing more reports about like the vaccine stopping the you know like decreasing transmission of covid which is pretty interesting to me since like i don't think the vaccine was supposed to do that but i don't know i was like watching all these videos and like it was just like i was trying to Mm -hmm. remind myself of like the biology of it and things like that and like you know these videos that's sort of like low-key like a lot of the basic stuff is like what we learned in like honors biology yeah (laughs) um which is pretty cool like jogging my memory but you know, they were making it very clear in all these videos that like, it's not necessarily like going to stop the transmission of COVID. So I'm just kind of wondering like how that's happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is interesting. I've seen that too. I mean, like I just, you know, I'm still gonna probably wear a mask when I go outside and do all of the things and be careful because you just never know. I mean, there's obviously still a small chance that you can get it even after you're vaccinated and also just to respect other people. Like, I just, you know, also don't want anyone thinking I'm a Republican if we're being real. Right. Yeah, but it's also, um, I also live in New York City and people don't give a fuck anymore. So yeah, I I'm know. Like, <laughs> I, I'm like overheard New York. Somebody was like, put on your fucking mask. And the person like was dressed in luxury and he was like, I'm vaccinated, peasant. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. People just literally don't care. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I went to um there's like a book swap in my neighborhood. And it's oh. outside, you know, it's so cute. But I was just there and usually people are just like quietly going through the books because like, you know, we all have our masks on yeah. and whatever. And it's like hard to like have conversation with people sometimes. And like, I went last night and it was just everyone there, no masks, their kids without masks. And my neighborhood has been like really strict about it, but not so much, not so much, hmm. which is kind of scary. But I know, I know. feel like I'm still gonna wear one. <laughs> I feel like I have to, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's definitely making me a little bit nervous, but I would still wear my mask, but also I'm going to get my second dose of the vaccine still. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. I technically still have to marinate for a little bit before I'm fully vaccinated since I got it yesterday, but Hmm. yeah. Well, other than getting your vaccine, what else have you been consuming this week? Ooh, on Wednesday, I went and got acupuncture. Haven't done that in a few years and I missed it a lot. And I decided to treat myself because um, um, I'm just kind of taking this month to like really work on like 
my stress and anxiety and things like that and just kind of balancing my body because like I've been trying to like get rid of certain things I deal with but like I feel like I've just been on like kill mode for so long that I need to like relax and give my body a break before I find out if I need to continue doing anything else or like take anything I just want to like basically like prepare it and just let it relax because I feel like if you're not like in a relaxed state or like if your body isn't balanced like nothing is going to get better regardless of Mm -hmm. what herbs or pills or whatever you take so I'm just kind of doing that and I love acupuncture so it was a great time and the place I went I found like the lady is like the cutest ever she's so nice um the place is like really cute the table it was like heated which was so nice and then after the appointment she like was like here's your complimentary tea and she like gave me like a little tea. yeah it was That's so nice. cute so kind yeah how about you what have you been consuming um I think a few things because Mm -hmm. I had a semi-productive week so that means I was like consuming more stuff I guess but um I'm a very gullible person or Mm -hmm. like I won't I don't know maybe gullible is not the word I'm just a sucker for a good argument so like Mm -hmm. I need people to make a good argument but if they make a good argument it's like very hard for me to be like well that's stupid yeah anyways that's the little preamble to me saying I've been reading a lot of anarchist work this week like Mm -hmm. writings from like anarchist because I went to Prospect Park for the first time and apparently it's like a normal thing for them to have like you know these tables set up with like these groups of young anarchists like there and having like all these pamphlets and writings from like um you know like anarchists who are probably like they're I don't know the foundation of their beliefs or like the mm-hmm. people who they look to as like their staple people and this guy made like a really good argument and I just took a bunch of like booklets about anarchy and I've just been like <laughs> reading through all of them this week like, you have I, made some points <laughs> yeah like it's hard for me like I will poke a billion holes in an argument and if every single time I poke a hole there's a good response then it's hard I just it's hard for me to like be like nope still stupid so I just ended up reading a bunch about anarchy and like I know in my gut that I'm like I'm not an anarchist I don't think but (laughs) he made a really good argument I don't think yeah I don't think he made a good argument and I've been reading this stuff and like you know some of it is a little out of pocket and like I don't agree with all of it but the guy who sold me on it made a good argument Mm -hmm. so I have been an anarchist for this week so that's what I've been doing I don't know what it is like I just love when people make a good argument because I think I like to argue so if like I can see that someone else is like really good at forming an argument then I'm like I respect it I got you so Mm -hmm. I have like 15 pamphlets that I've been reading through this like all these different booklets yeah good stuff yeah anyway (laughs) (laughs) I'm like I bought acupuncture. I felt very yeah, sick. and I'm like <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we like started this show like explaining like you know like it makes no sense how different we are, <laughs> but that's like a good example like yeah. of just like stupid different things that we did this week like I know acupuncture and like anarchy yeah that's 
title of this episode. <laughs> oh my God, please. Oh my God. And then how I went, I went, you guys, I went to a psychic medium. Well, I talked to a psychic medium last week over the phone. And like, he also, I sent him a picture of like me, Brittany and our friend Bradley. And he was like, I'm looking at this picture and I just don't understand how these energies are all together. He was like, you guys are so different, but so close, like siblings. And I was like, you're right. It makes no sense. Like none of it makes yeah. sense. <laughs> I was like, you are right, sir. <laughs> It was like I was up at like one in the morning reading about like burning down buildings and stuff, and I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> but also week. sounds interesting. I would yeah. read it. Yeah, good stuff. You know, kind of good, not bad. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway. Let's <laughs> <laughs> segue into. <laughs> What are we talking about today? Okay, so this week we thought it would be interesting to talk about, like, I guess how you look and how that affects how you're treated in social settings or in professional settings, whether it's just your face, maybe like pretty privilege or like your skin tone or just like your size and how you feel that's like affects you in different environments and things of that nature. Got it. Do you want to talk about, you know, start off a little bit and talk about, you know, maybe how, you know, this has been playing out for you mm-hmm. um, and your workspace, whatever we can even call that now, or yeah. like, you know, just in like your work environment or network or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm very white um, and I'm, I, I, I don't like I, Obviously, that's never like, you know, an issue for me because we, we, we know how the world works. And I think that a lot of the, the, the thing I probably deal with the most with how I look is um, looking young. I think a lot of people don't take me seriously because I look young and it takes me a long time to have to prove myself. Whereas if somebody else were the same age as me, but didn't look as young, it wouldn't take them as long to prove themselves. Um, I also Mm. like, I wrote something on my blog once about pretty, I did like a whole blog post about pretty privilege because I, um, never really felt like I benefited from it and I don't think I'm like like ugly or anything but I also don't think I think that when it comes to like beauty standards there's always like a certain standard that everybody agrees on like generally speaking and I just never felt like I fit any like like iteration of that standard so like I just never felt like I really like experience like I never really felt like being pretty helped me in anything I did because I like maybe it did but I just never realized it um and so it was like a weird thing for me to think about when I was writing that because I was like I don't think I'm ugly but like I also don't think I benefit from pretty privilege um skinny privilege maybe white privilege definitely but like pretty privilege I was like I don't know so that that was kind of a thing I was thinking about for a long time and especially like being like a white woman even if I do benefit from pretty privilege or if like a black woman benefits from pretty privilege they always have that additional like oh like like I don't hear this but I'm sure people of color like I'm not I'm sure I know people of color here like oh you're pretty for a black girl or for a brown girl and that's like not something white people ever hear or like if you're transgender 
um, you have to think like, oh, like uh, the, this article that I read when I was doing research was written by a transgender woman. And she was like, I have to think like, even though I have pretty privilege, like, am I passing? Like, is it enough? Mm. And that's not something I as a straight woman have to worry about. Like if I'm passing as a woman and if I'm getting pre pretty privilege in that sense, you know, I guess that's a little bit <laughs> for now <laughs> to start yeah. things off. Yeah. That's real. Sorry, there's like a fly in here. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really big, so I thought it was a bee. I was like, really scared. It was like right in my face. I was like, Cicada! Uh, no, stop. I'm so I scared. Saw... I'm so scared. Sorry to like segue and like a serious conversation. Like, I know. I don't know. You could even cut this out if you want, but like no, someone so... was posting about how, um, like, see, like, um, Basically, people were getting freaked out by seeing like the the things that the cicadas are like crawling out of, like the little mm -hmm. holes in the ground or whatever, and saying that like it triggers some people's something. I'm not remembering the name of the fear. Oh, is it like the whole and, thing, misonophobia or something like that or something? And it specifically said not to Google the word, and then I googled it, and I was just like, "You have a fear of holes." Like I just, I hate seeing that I was like so I couldn't I almost wanted to throw up like I didn't oh. know what to do I like wanted to scratch my eyes out and at the same time I was like I was like scratching my hands like I didn't know what to do and no. I saw like it was a terrible one where like someone had a lot of holes in their hand and I oh. okay I have to like I was like wanted to throw up when I saw it and I couldn't stop gagging it was so 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 bad oh and it God. specifically said whatever you do don't google this word oh no like, that's like I no one tells me what to do <laughs> <laughs> that's like how I can't even look at pictures of spiders like I'm arachnophobic and like if uh, I had a picture of a spider I literally want to kill myself but yeah it was so bad like that was my friend Amanda like she was my old roommate and like someone got like a, a spider bite some girl some stupid influencer or something got a spider bite on her face and like the way it looked when it first happened it was like a brown recluse spider which is like super poisonous and like mm. it was like all these little holes on her face and then the skin was peeling I just wanted to die every time I saw it and it was just everywhere anyway Back to our topic. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Um, but no, I hear what you're saying. And, you know, pretty privilege was something that I definitely thought a lot about, like, in high school. But, you know, in the work that I did, like, since then, basically, like, in, in Michigan, like, I found that it was, like, a little bit hard to care about appearances because, like, not that you don't see people, but, like, we spent most of our time, like, super bundled up and stuff like that. So, like, you know, in terms of, like, my body and, like, stuff like that, it was just kind of, like, not the first thing people were thinking about. But definitely, like, when you're, like, in the building or something like that, because mm -hmm. I spent most of my time in such a big, you know, like, walking around and shit like that. But, like, once I started my work, like, later into, like, being an RA and, like, you know, I never felt it. I've always done research, like, in undergrad and, like, I was lucky in undergrad to do research, like, with other Black people, so I didn't have to think about that. But, like, when I became an RA and then, like, just especially now where I am in my PhD program, I think I have to think about, there are just basically a lot more times when, like, my intelligence and that's the thing that like you know I I worry about the most that I think about the most that I'm mm -hmm. like concerned about the most like 
maybe I'm proud of it or I'm insecure about it. Like it's mostly about my intelligence. Mm -hmm. And like, I think about that, you know, like it's like more often now that like I'm in class or I'm in a meeting or I'm on my research project, you know, thinking that I'm making like an intelligent point or that I'm doing my best to like sort of, you know, connect some dots and like build Mm -hmm. like an analysis, like, you know, just like the person before me may have done, you know, who's usually like, you know, an educated white woman or an educated white man. Mm -hmm. And then I go and it's a lot more often now than an undergrad where I feel like people's reaction is sort of like, that was cute, you Mm. know, like, oh, thanks for, thanks for contributing, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) like that sort of thing. I feel that a lot more now. Um, And, you know, before we got on this, like, we were talking a little bit about basically just like the how some knowledge is like privileged I guess and like by that I mean like some people um someone called it something in my program like they called it like epistemological oppression or some shit like that that like I had to google and like once I saw it in stupid language I understood it and basically it was like you know a lot of people in academic spaces sort of think that knowledge when it comes from someone who's black, when it comes from someone who's brown, it's more like, thanks for contributing your experience. Now mm. we're gonna keep talking about knowledge and like wow, yeah. theory and like, you know, the stuff, like the hard stuff, like the the real things. But like when you contribute your knowledge, you know, like you know, being a black woman, I feel like nine times out of 10, when I say something, it's sort of written off as like, wow, thank you for sharing your experience. When in reality, like, you know, I'm reading what you guys are reading too. Yeah. Like I'm saying stuff too, you know, I'm not, you know, and it's tough like being, like you said too, like I, you know, I, you know, was like saying mm, sounds in the background because when you said like, you know, being young is something you think about more. I think about that literally every single day like you know in this program because like you know I feel like I've said it before but I'm the youngest person in my program and you know and especially in my cohort like you know I'm just like the youngest person there and so I I often think about how that's coming off so it's just so annoying to have to think about like being perceived and like you know it's true but like as the youngest person there and then you know on top of that having my knowledge and my intelligence being written off as like wow, thanks for sharing your experience type of thing. Like just sharing my experience rather than sharing my intelligence like everyone else. Like why yeah. am I considered less than you just because what? Like, because I'm black. So that means that like my wisdom is just personal experience. Right. Like why is that? You know? Yeah. And then I feel like psychologically, like as a society, like and like most of the society we live in, when we can't see like knowledge, like knowledge isn't something you can physically see or humor or kindness or whatever. You can't physically see those things. So we look to things like hygiene, like beauty or like proper, mm-hmm. like lead on hair and things like that. And we look at these things and we're like, oh, that is a smart, trustworthy person. And like, as much yeah. as you don't want to admit it, like we don't look at the person with missing teeth and maybe smells a little, their hair isn't done. We don't look at that person and go, I would trust them. I would be friends with them. And I feel like that mm. always like carries that, like obviously not to that much as an extreme, but that carries through. And like how you said, like, am I not as smart as you just because I'm a black woman? And it's like throughout years and years, we've seen like, 
like we're conditioned to see like straight men white straight white men as like leaders and like CEOs and the smartest people and billionaires and it's just like why can't people of color be viewed that way and given those opportunities or like even women like why is that like or younger people like whatever it is like why is the standard that we continue to keep even though like it's just like people are just like so much more willing to keep themselves in power when like giving more people of color and giving more women jobs and stuff like that actually will fucking make the economy and shit better but you rather let that slide by to keep your fucking position like and it's infuriating it's also really frustrating like you know this is reminding me of like not to be like a nerd moment but remember when we read fair did you i don't know if you had to read it in school fahrenheit 451 yeah, or like yeah. if we had different teachers did you have jankowski Whatever. yes yeah um, she, okay. I have, don't you, do you not remember when my dad had to come in the first fucking week because like no! oh my god because okay sidetrack guys we had this like awful english teacher she's disgusting oh sorry gosh. to be a hypocrite because we were just talking about that <laughs> but she like this was different like she would like wipe her blood like in the middle yeah of class it was and, really like, scary yeah. like and she was like I- <laughs> it was actually just scary like yeah. that was the word that's she was the correct scary. word <laughs> and she I transferred in like to our school like because I went to a different high school for like the first two weeks so like I didn't like you guys were like taking tests and stuff or doing assignments on like the summer reading but I had different summer reading so she was supposed to give me a summer reading assignment from like one of the other new Frio's like class because she was like oh he does that he reads that book with his class or he used to so I'll take an assignment from him and give it to you so you can do that for your summer reading because it was a book I read so I was like okay great and she's like I'll have it I'll give it to you the the next whatever on this day and I was like okay cool so I wait those days until the day she told me and then on the day she told me she was going to give it to me she announces to the class if you haven't handed in your assignment by now I don't know what to tell you like I already imagined you and so I go like to everybody like as a general statement so I go up to her and I'm like um Miss Jankowski you didn't give me the assignment yet so I was just wondering when I can expect it because she told me she was going to give it to me that day and she's like well honey it's not my responsibility to remember to give you things if you if I you should have reminded me and I was like bitch you fucking told me that you were going to give it to me on this day so obviously I like waited for the day you told me and then um she was like well whatever I can't I can't do anything about that now so I had my dad come in and talk to her because um you told your daddy yeah you tattled <laughs> sorry you expected her to do her job and do what she i know right how dare you i wasn't gonna I'm get like a like a zero for what like not being able given the chance to even apply myself <laughs> like yeah how dumb of you to expect someone to do their job when it's their job yeah but anyway <laughs> anyway what i was actually gonna say <laughs> what i was gonna say was i was reminding me of like there's like this little scene from Fahrenheit 451 where they're mm-hmm. basically like picking presidents based on like, you know, like saying their like presidential like pick or like preference um, based on people's appearances. Like, yeah. oh, he wears like a red tie or like he's like good looking and things like that. And that was that was really it. That was, a- <laughs> that was the only thing I was going to say that like it was really reminding me of. But you know, and I was like listening yeah. to what you're saying. And I was also like, you know, I'm just like back to what you were saying about like pretty privilege in the beginning. Like, you know, I don't know, I was thinking about that, but in terms of like, you know, thinking about where you're saying about like how people are dressed and like who you trust and like who you expect to hold knowledge or like mm-hmm. be worth your time. Like, you know, I think there's often, you know, what it kind of makes me sick when people are a little bit like dressed for the job that you want and stuff like that, mm-hmm. because like, 
look, I'm an academic, right? Like my job is to, well, what I want my job to be is to think, why do I have to dress a certain way for you to like, trust that I'm smart or I'm intelligent? Like I'm like purposely, you know, it doesn't, it, it's not um, lost to me that I've like picked a profession where like, I don't have to walk in with a blazer or like, Mm -hmm. you know, dress the nicest. Like I want to be in a space where like me and my brain is enough. And that's, you know, I purposely did that. So how come when I walk into the building or something like that, I still am like getting stares or like, you know, comments, which is really annoying when I'm dressed in my sweats and my funky socks and like my big baggy not stylish just straight up oversized sweater is like you know like one arm is like super long and but I'm super cozy and I'm you know and I'm dressed in a way that I feel good enough to learn so like if my intelligence is supposed to be enough in that space why are you still judging me you know why am I getting the comments why am I getting the stares why am I getting the patronizing laughs like oh like you came in comfortable today yeah was there a fucking dress code for school because I didn't know that like is there a dress code for Mm -hmm. um studying like Foucault or like whoever the fuck like I'm supposed to be reading like I didn't know you know I thought I left uniform in high school like I it it just I I sort of hate that the most like I, I just hate hearing that like you know, and obviously there are different professions. Like if you're working in a nine to five, which no shade, like I think nine to fives are like amazing hustles and I really respect it. But like, if you're supposed to wear a certain thing there, like I get it. Yeah. Sure. Dress for that big office, executive office that you want to be in, but I don't have to, like, I don't think I should have to do that. And in general, like, I just feel like I wish people didn't have to worry about what they, you know, dressing a certain way in order to be respected from people because I don't enjoy that you know like I that's not even if I do find enjoyment from it like sometimes I just feel like I'm making a statement you know some days I do this Mm -hmm. shit on purpose and I'm just like I shouldn't have to care about what I wear and no one should be worried about what I'm wearing either like I'm not any less intelligent I'm not like you know any less like witty or like funny or whatever else because I'm dressing differently than you and I just sort of hate how people you know, sort of judge you as like not caring or like, you know, I I just hate the judgment that comes when like people decide to dress a certain way. Like it means absolutely nothing about your character, you know, like except that you might be creative or that you enjoy clothing and fashion and like making a statement through Mm -hmm. your clothing that way. But it literally means nothing else about your character. Are you smart? Are you funny? Are you dumb? Are you mean? It doesn't mean anything and like I'm just so sick of the way that people still judge people for it you know like I why are you worried about what I'm wearing and I feel like this is an age-old conversation like even in high school like when we talk about like girls uniform and obviously that's a different conversation but kind of not like why are you worried about what they're wearing is it stopping them from learning you know it's not doing anything it's clothing let people wear what they want to wear exactly and like as someone who works well I'm more in like I'm actually in like the fashion industry a lot of the time and I work in fitness too but like every time I've been in a fashion space like I I mean I am someone who enjoys fashion like we've discussed that and I love clothing I love getting dressed I appreciate it as an art and history and whatever but even in those spaces like I've talked with people like my friends like um, one of my friends he's gay and like he does fashion shit and like he says it too he says it he's like gay guys definitely have an easier 
chance at getting a job in fashion than like even straight women because like people like that idea they like that idea and like and like it's like so gross to admit but like it's so true and I see it happen all the time and like even when I'm applying for a job or if I'm like doing or I remember I was like interning at Rachel Ray in the wardrobe department and like we'd have date like we'd have to get a little bit more dressed up on days when there were like when they we were filming but like on the on the days when we weren't filming like we would like the stylist would even come in wearing like leggings and a shirt or whatever but then like on the days we were filming like we'd have to dress up a little bit more and even if I would go like on returns or like if I have to go somewhere to do something like I felt like if I wasn't dressed for the part people would like look down on me and it was just like mm-hmm. or even if like you're applying even if you am I I am dressed like re- like in my opinion I'm like I love my outfit I look really cute if it doesn't feel like the vibe of like the place I'm at like I feel like I'm getting judged either way and I don't really care but like I can still sense that it's happening like even though I'm like feel it no yeah like even though I like my outfit and I don't give a fuck I'm like okay you're obviously judging me for what I'm wearing like relax yeah and like you know there's you know, not caring, like, I'm gonna wear whatever I want to want to wear anyway, mm-hmm. but you could still feel people's judgment, and, like, that doesn't feel great, and, no. you know, like, you know, I don't give a fuck either, like, I'm still gonna wear it, but, like, I also don't like the feeling when people are, like, you know, looking me up and down, or, like, you know, making some type of passive-aggressive joke that's, like, oh, like, crazy morning no it wasn't a fucking crazy morning I took a lot of time to pick out these socks like you yeah. know like I picked which color Birkenstocks I was wearing today yeah like, I remember I went to the studio I work at and like somebody's like why is your coat so big and I was like because I why are you like my it. shit? it's cold yeah, I like a big coat has a lot of space underneath for fluffy sweaters yeah why are you in my fucking business you know like I, I just don't get that for me I just think you know this conversation like I think one of the things I hate most generally is like hypocrisy and I do it all the time. And so Mm -hmm. I call myself out on it all the time when I do it, but like, you know, all day from the very beginning where I was taught, like, don't judge people for the way they look, you know? Mm -hmm. And then it's just like the older you get and the more socialized you get, you're told to sort of judge people by the way that they look, you know, like you don't trust the person who like, if you go to get your makeup done, you don't, you know, you're not going to trust the person to do your makeup when their makeup looks a mess or Mm -hmm. like, you know, when I go to get my nails done every now and then, like the person who's doing my nails, if I see that like their cuticles are like bleeding, like, you know, stuff like that. That's funny though, because my nail lady like never has her nails done, but my nails are always on point. So, (laughs) but it's just hard for them to like, you know, why would they do their own nails that they're just going to damage them doing someone else's. Mm -hmm. So maybe that was a bad example, but I think generally, like, I just like, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like, why should I care? Like, I feel like we're just often like told to sort of care. About yeah, it's what like conditioned. Like. like, it's like you try to unlearn these things, but it's like so hard yeah. because like subconsciously you're like, oh, that doesn't look like somebody I would trust or something. And you're like, but why? Why do I think that? Like, yeah. why? Like, why? Why? I don't have a reason. Like, it's just such a weird thing. Or like, even if you're like, like looking for a doctor or something and like, you're like, oh, they don't, they look a little too old to be hip with the newest technology. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, it's just like. All these things are just so ingrained. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just like, for me, the thing that sucks is like when people stop questioning, you know, like the way that they're thinking about these things, like, 
when people stop questioning like why they've assumed that someone is less Mm -hmm. intelligent or why they've assumed that someone is like you know not as good about the job because like you said like I think it is conditioning and like we could be mad at like some vague general society all day but at the Mm -hmm. end of the day it's us so I feel like the constant work is like sort of asking yourself these questions like why am I judging this person when like their job is not to look good so like you know like why am I judging them on the way that I think they look you know and I feel like once you stop asking them these questions or like like asking yourself these questions um or sort of questioning your own biases like I think that's when the problem really occurs Mm -hmm. you know like and I I was telling you earlier and I'll say like a little bit without getting too specific because like you know I feel like people pay attention to me now from the work that I do but like you know there are times when you know I'm sort of doing the work that I'm doing and I feel like you know like certain people have these assumptions about groups that we sort of work with or like even in my classes you know just I'll be like very general like in my classes and my work you know sometimes most of the work I do most of the work that I'll always do is going to be about like predominantly black people mm-hmm. and it's sort of like boggles my mind these assumptions that people have about the black community like you know like it's like in academia like you'll read an article about something you know the feeling when you first start undergrad and you sort of start learning like things about society and you're like wow like Mm -hmm. I just learned this knowledge that no one else knows (laughs) you know (laughs) like that was me my first like anthropology class I'm like whoa people didn't know this thing and like you know most people do know it but I just learned it in the college space in like this controlled space where you got to read one bullet and it was very clear but like a lot of other people who are older than us have already learned these things through experience you Mm -hmm. know like that is the wisdom of an elder or like of someone being older than you um or someone having lived the experience that you're just reading about in a book yes and it sort of boggles my mind when people like when I'm in a space with people in an academic space with people who sort of just assume that because they read this thing in a book and they don't see these people like say like black people if they're reading about you know like black people and you know being you know their interactions with police or like you know you know like uh, Latinx people's like interactions with like ice or something like that Mm -hmm. like you know, if you, if we read about it in the book or in an article and then, you know, they then went on social media or like they know of a lot of black people or a lot of Latinx people who like are not anti-police, who are not about abolition in general, you know, they come back to these academic spaces and, you know, usually it's white people who are just like, I don't understand, like, you know, why they don't believe this or like, how can we like teach them this or like, how can we educate them about this? And, you know, just to put a little bit more context at Caroline and like I was telling Caroline about this interaction I had like earlier this week and I was just sort of like, you know, just because they're not giving the reaction, you know, or the response that you think they should give doesn't mean that they don't know what you know. Mm -hmm. Like what makes you think that you hold any more knowledge than they do? And, you know, the sort of reaction to me was like, thanks for your contribution type of thing. You know, even though like what I'm saying is the wisdom of someone who's fr- who's a black person from these communities that we're talking about, you know, we were talking about policing and like I use my voice as a black person from 
a community that is heavily policed yeah. and my voice as an academic as well. But I feel like I sort of got like that patronizing treatment of like, wow, thank you for sharing that, which is like a lot of, you know, pretty often how like a lot of black people are like treated when they like voice something. And I voiced it in a really emotional way, you know, like not as emotional as I could have been, but about as emotional as you can be in an academic space where you know that like a lot of white people are sitting there waiting to misunderstand you. They don't want to hear all of what you say. They don't want to hear deeply what you're saying. They just want to like stroke your ego and go back to like saying things that they, the way that they were saying it. And I felt like I sort of got that treatment like, well, thanks for sharing that. Or like, yeah, I hear you, thanks and then move on and like, you know, still holding the point of this white person. And I'm just like, how come my knowledge is less valuable than yours? You know, like, I feel like my knowledge should have been even more valuable. I was about to say your voice is the voice that should be listened to. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, not only am I also an academic, but I am, you know, a black person who grew up in a police neighborhood. Like, what is the point of like, you know, talking about, and just in general, like with what you're saying, with what I'm saying, what is the point in these workspaces and these schools talking all day about increasing diversity when you're still going to treat people like, you know, the same type of like treating someone less because they're not who you exactly expect to be good for the job. Exactly. And it's just like, and even like with the whole diversity thing, like why are we still having to check off that on an application? Like, why is that still a thing? Why is that still happening if it's not important? And you obviously know people are judging it regardless of what they say. Like, it was performative in the beginning of last year when everybody was, like, showing Mm -hmm. their, like, percentage of, like, how many people of color work for them, how many straight people, how many gay people, how many um, Mm -hmm. non-binary people, like, whatever, when they were showing all of that. And then after that, nobody did anything about it. <laughs> like, and at the end of the day, I, I have, you know, I, I don't know how every industry works, but at the end of the day, I can tell you straight up, fashion people are always going to hire their friends or connections before they hire anybody. Those jobs yeah. listings are just for legalities. <laughs> like, they don't plan on hiring you. Or like, you know, one of the points that I heard someone make like two years ago, before I was even like in my P- program like I was just doing like summer work type stuff mm-hmm. and I was like doing interviews for um some professor at Yale and it, I was actually talking to a white woman who was talking about like how her job was to like she's a professor and she was talking about how you know there was this whole diversity movement like in her department and they wanted her to increase diversity and she was just like you know talking about the harm that she did there because she was just like yeah I increased diversity but do you know how harmful it is to have a bunch of people of color in a space that hasn't changed to adjust for them? And like, you know, even being black, like I didn't think deeply about that because like, you know, I had the privilege of being at Michigan, which like, you know, like it's like a pretty good space, you know, they've been working on it for a long time. And it's not just because they're a good school. It's because there have been mad movements to make it the way that it is. Like, you know, like two different black action movements, like people tore shit up to make it the space that it is. Um, So I didn't have to think about that. I, you know, I benefited from the work that people did to create, you know, a space where I could feel like I could be myself. But it wasn't until she was talking about that, that I really deeply thought about like, 
you know, diversity doesn't matter at all. If like you're bringing like people of color or like black people or women into a space that's still, you know, paternalistic, that's still racist, Mm -hmm. you know, like that's still not going to value them or is not going to change to like, you know, adjust to like what they need. Like if the workplace is a sexist workplace and you hire a bunch of women to check off your diversity, you know, like checkbox, it's still going to be a sexist place and women are not going to thrive. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, like it's not a diverse Worse things might even happen if you do yeah so yeah it's worse yeah I just hadn't really thought about it till she said that and every now and then I'm like you know maybe this is just what it's going to be like for me like I'm a black woman in you know in academia like this what do they call it like the ivory tower or some shit like that like you know I'm in a space that's like not built for me at all so I'm like maybe this is just the beginning of me like constantly feeling like you know, my voice is not going to be a privileged voice, even though my voice should be way more important than the other people's voice in the room, you know, especially yeah. if I'm always doing like research with black people for black people, but like on a white team, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I was going to say, like, if I was doing work on a topic like that, my first idea would not be, let me reach out to a white person and mm-hmm. ask them their experience. <laughs> like what the yeah. fuck? Like, it's crazy that that is like what people do like they do that all the time and it's like you know what it is like I think a lot of time it's like white liberal people want to be with other white liberal people like I think they trust each other's knowledge Mm -hmm. and you know I think they don't always think deeply enough or like are willing to share that space with you know people of color or queer people or queer people of color you know like I think straight white liberal people flock to straight white liberal people and I see that all the time um I also think you know I feel like we're like pretty successful for our age and like I think that where we are that it's not easy for a lot of people to get there and I know like you know being in a PhD program it's always going to be predominantly white like it just is there are too many spaces to like too many pathways, too many times where like I could have potentially had the door shut in my face and I could have not made it here. And I always, every single time when I'm super unproductive and it doesn't fucking change anything, it doesn't, you know, unfortunately, but, you know, I think about all the other people who are not where I was and was more than capable, who was way smarter than me, but was also black and poor and just couldn't get there. Mm-hmm. Or who was also like, you know, Hispanic or poor and couldn't get there. Like, you know, I, I think about that shit all the time. Like it easily, there's nothing special that I did. You feel me? Like, and so I, I always think about that. And I'm just like, you know, that's why these like privileged conversations, like, you know, these academics who are probably, you know, like I'm working with people who are probably going to change the world in some way. And they've made it so that like, it's mostly white people there you know like so the, as the world is changing when we're looking at people who are making big decisions in like these careers that we care about and these like fields that we care about I often think about like you know who was stopped like along their paths who yeah. could like have actually made a change and actually like 
you know, pushed beyond like this call for diversity and like called for more like, no, change the fucking discipline, like change the career field so that there's space for these other people. Because right now I'm just like, yeah, it shouldn't be a bunch of white people doing this work. No. I love the people that I work with most of the time. Um, They're pretty cool. Like, you know, they're really good people, but that doesn't change anything. It's not about being a good or bad person. You you feel me? Like, it's like, this conversation shouldn't just be with you between you. And like, I do cool work. It's called like participatory action research. And maybe we'll talk about it another time. But mm-hmm. basically what it means is that like, we get to work with people like in the communities, like, you know, the whole purpose, which makes like, you know, the annoying conversations even more bizarre, like when like, you know, my knowledge may be shot down or whatever, but the whole purpose of this research is that you're supposed to be doing research with people from communities or with people who are directly impacted by something. So like if we're doing work around like policing, for example, which is one of the projects that I work on, you know, like defunding NYPD type of thing, you're supposed to be doing this research with, like we do it with people in grassroots organizations in the city. We do it with people who have been policed by NYPD, you know, stuff like that. So I'm just like, you know, the team who's doing like the legwork of like building the survey and like, you know, shaping what's actually being asked. Why are there a bunch of white people there? Yeah. (laughs) Like, I always wonder that shit. And I'm just like, you know, it's all about the pathway. Like, you know, who stopped all the other people who could have been here? You know, that's true. Yeah. It's tough. I don't know. No. We've talked so a lot. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to keep these episodes short, you guys, but we have so much to say. <laughs> I know. I know. Maybe My we last can do thought, a part sorry. two. We have to do a part two. I just yeah. want to like throw out one last reflection that I hope like, yes. you know, people might be able to remember like their times. But like, do you remember in high school when we were first getting our college acceptances and like some of us had made it to certain places and some of us hadn't. And like, you know, I thought about that all the time. I still think about that all the time. Like just that feeling of like, you know, my other really, really smart friends or like, you know, this brainy crew that I took like AP Chem with not getting funding to go to like these colleges that they really deserve to go to. Do you know what? I sometimes think of, this is so mean of me maybe, but sometimes I think about um, you applied to NYU and Mm -hmm. um, you got waitlisted, right? Originally? I did. Okay. So I always think about that. And there was a girl in our grade that got accepted and um I always think about that and I'm like Brittany deserved it more (laughs) I know I know (laughs) I mean I got it eventually but also like waitlisted I was just like I mean the funny thing about that was that like Michigan's is like yeah I guess like if you care about prestige like Michigan is like better than NYU anyway so I was just like fuck you guys (laughs) (laughs) i'm better than you anyway and i guess it wasn't meant to be either because i also got waitlisted for my phd program with nyu so (laughs) that's oh fucking k who cares fuck nyu anyway it's all good i just you know i was just saying like i just often think about like that just felt like the first place where you know we were obviously elizabeth is super diverse and that felt like the 
the very first time where some people were shut out from their pathways that they could have went along and like made huge changes and other people weren't you know no difference between me getting into Michigan and like someone who also applied but got zero dollars and had no way of going so Mm -hmm. weird stop judging people in your workplaces because they're probably smarter than you better than you and all these other ways just have more experiences than you firsthand definitely and that's that boom (laughs) and that's that and that's acupuncture and anarchy that's I feel like we should have like a radio show and call it that. Anyway. Hey guys, welcome back to Anu- Acupuncture and Anarchy. We're rebranding. <laughs> We're rebranding. <laughs> All right. Next segment. Last segment. Tweet of the week. Boom, boom, boom. Tweet of the week. Do you have one? Uh, yeah. Ma- do you? No. <laughs> <laughs> you can go first, and I'll remember something that annoyed me. Okay, so this um, they were talking. I saw it on Twitter first, and then I watched the video because I was like, "There's no way." Um, there's this like YouTuber. Her name is Nikki Philippi, I think, and her <gasps> her husband. That was so bad put their dog down because he bit her son or some shit and like I was like oh my god because like just because the dog can't live in a house with children or can't live in a house with other dogs does not mean the dog cannot live somewhere else and they were like they told us that rehoming him wasn't an option and I was like I just really have a hard time believing that because how many times have you seen dogs that get a second chance somewhere else and they're just like oh but like they can't be with kids and you're like that's fine I don't have any kids so like I will take this dog Mm -hmm. and give him a home so like why could that not have happened also she's like anti-mask and anti-vax and all lives matter kind of bitch so she also like you know is like an mlm girly with like essential oils so like it all like i thought she was sketchy from the minute i heard about the her essential oil shit like years ago um and i stopped like paying attention to anything she ever did but like then i heard this and i was like so stupid i did see something about that that was really really dumb and I just couldn't believe, like, I mean, for what, like, at first when I read it, I thought she got rid of it. And then I read closer and saw that, like, they ki- they had the dog killed. And yes. I was just like, okay, that made sense. Yeah, I watched the video or I skipped through it because it was too annoying to me. Um, but I was just like watching them and like, they're like, we're just like really emotional. It just feels so weird. I don't know. Like, I just feel awkward and weird talking about this because there's like no like way to blah, blah. And I was like, bitch, you killed your dog. Like, I don't know what you want. Like, do you want sympathy? I don't know. That's so stupid. Like, kill yourself. Mm. Let the dog be the mom. Let the dog make the food for the kid. Kid down. <laughs> Love the switch places with the dog. <laughs> I'm like picturing a dog with like a I don't know like the what do you like when you're cooking you tie the thing around your waist or whatever. 
with the apron on. It's just like smiling <laughs> with its tongue out. <laughs> Let the dog be the, the new mom. Um. Anyway, um. So I didn't. I don't think there was a tweet of the week that I was like. I did see that. I thought that was deeply dumb, but there wasn't something that like really, really, really bugged me this week. But mm-hmm. there was something that I laughed a lot about. Mm-hmm. And that was like Bill and Melinda Gates getting divorced. <laughs> did you see that? <laughs> I've been laughing literally all They're week like, she ran to go buy a MacBook and an iPhone. <laughs> there are like mad jokes about it. Like there are people like, people are like sending voice notes like laughing in her dms like not laughing like singing in her dms like singing her songs and stuff to like melinda gates and like people were sending messages to bill gates like i'm a i'm a strong god-fearing woman they're like gotta find him on tinder i don't I'll oh cook and clean for you. I was like, there was a picture, and it was so like funny. arms, like all holding each other in like a triangle, like like that, and then like that, like three people holding themselves mm-hmm. like that, and it was like Melinda Gates, and then like Jeff Bezos, his wife's name, I can't remember her name right now, and Ariana Grande, and in the middle, it's a thankful for their ex. <laughs> Literally, but then I also saw that Melinda Gates is like, she they they like have no prenups. So I'm just like, maybe she's not like maybe she's she's set up already maybe i mean she like her name is on like that foundation they have and shit so she's good good Mm -hmm. she good good i also separately very very unrelated but not really i've been seeing like i was annoyed this morning by something do you know kevin samuels is i feel like i do and now i can't think of it he's like like some disgusting he's like a black guy who okay i'm getting like alerts i have a meeting that i'm not going to so anyway he is like um a black guy who basically has built his entire career on shitting on women you know just like saying i do know him okay i do and you know telling women what they need to do to make men like them more telling Hmm. women like you know where they could be like more like submissive and how you know like modern you know talking shit about like modern women and it was just so incredibly annoying because he got like a big shout out on like you know like a pretty big like on like on the shade room or whatever the fuck and i just hate how people keep building like the fucking careers of uh i don't know people who are professional misogynists Uh uh-huh yeah so is anyway. infuriating yeah yeah so anyway hire more women and people Make of color space for more women stop supporting idiots women and people of color and queer people make everything better so yes. stop hiring white men bye just kidding hey, XOXO. <laughs> kisses <laughs> Gossip girl. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> anyway, um, subscribe. Give us five stars on iTunes. Subscribe on Spotify. Follow us on Instagram at Couldn't Be Me Pod. And we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.